EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM Hello and welcome to the day where Optus moves forward. Kelly Bayer Rosmarin resigned this week and the company can move forward. And I think that's a good thing. I really do. Um, it's fascinating, really. It's been a massive couple of weeks, and that all happened after we did the last show. So, you know, it's all happened. <laughs> um, but we we covered it extensively on uh, on Two Blokes Talking Tech, so you didn't miss a thing. But, uh, my goodness, and then I was in China last week, so forgive the absence of the show. But, you know, I think it's fascinating. And, and you know, I was hearing from so many people that she was going to step down. You don't really know whether they're just you know, speculating themselves. But I was pretty confident that you couldn't, as a leader, survive after two major incidents like that that were poorly handled. And I, I just want to be clear, and I've said this several times on the radio this week, We and I said on the Today Show this morning, we, we will have outages again. We will have data breaches again. That's life. The question is how it's handled. And the fact that the, the Optus team didn't have active eSIMs in their phones and an emergency plan that when the network went fully down at 4 a.m., I would have thought by 5, someone would have called the CEO's emergency number, which would have been her normal phone sitting by her bedside and it would have been ringing and she would have answered it and she would have got up and she would have gone to work and she would have been there an hour earlier than she did and you know, things might have escalated quicker, but in the end, she still wouldn't have fronted the public. And that's what the public needed. They needed a face for this um, and they needed to hear from someone. They, they didn't need answers. They just needed to hear from someone. They needed to know that the company cared and it didn't feel that way. And I think there are people in there that would be gutted by that. I um, I published a year ago the list of people who I think would make better CEOs than Kelly Bayer Rosmar. And I stand by that list. I don't think the recruiters are going to look at that list, but Bill Morrow used to run Vodafone, came in after all the dramas there, turned it around. Then he went to the NBN after Mike Quigley um, and turned it around, got it on the straight and narrow and got that thing running. Pip Marlow, she was uh, Microsoft's boss in Australia and now she's at Salesforce, just a strong, well-respected leader in the tech space who I think would be a breath of fresh air. Uh, Mel Silver, who you might have seen during all the Google uh, government negotiations, head of Google Australia, another great potential leader for with with I think with a customer bent, Ben McIntosh, um, who was ex Vodafone and now is the Bunnings COO, he'd be an outstanding leader because of his experience in the telco space and the retail space, uh, both I think at Harvey Norman, then Vodafone and now Bunnings, Michael Ackland and Brad Whitcomb, both senior executives at Telstra, who frankly are not going to be CEO. Because Vicky Brady's the newly appointed CEO there and she's not going anywhere for a long time. So if you're Michael Ackland or Brad Whitcomb, when are you going to get a chance to move up the ladder? You have to move sideways. You know, you're going to want a Yaki's job or the open Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin job. Clive Dickens would be an outsider but a great choice. He's the vice president of TV and content uh, at Optus. He runs the Optus Sport Division essentially and Subhub and things like that. Like smart guy, innovator and knows customers. Be great. Gladys Berejiklian is being uh, mooted widely in the media. I think she'd be amazing. But I don't know if she's a great actual CEO, but I think she'd make a great public face of the business. 
but the cloud over her ICAC findings, even though I don't give a rat's about them because it wasn't really that big a deal, the cloud over that might put Singtel off. And finally, uh, Gary McGregor, who you would have heard me talk to on this show many times and, and Stephen and I talk about, he's left Samsung. He was the vice president of Samsung Mobile Australia. He's just sunning himself with his uh, wife and kids right now, enjoying a break. He'd be an amazing leader and knows the mobile business very well. So there's two, four, what is it? Two, four, six, eight, nine names. Come on, recruiters, get on it. Let's, they, need, they need an urgent CEO. This can't go on weeks. They need to fill that position and they need to restore faith in the company. It's really quite simple. It's been a horror couple of weeks for Optus. And as was jokingly said to me first on threads by Jeremy Beckett and then, you know, just disgracefully copied by Howie in the man cave um, and I've now said it on pretty much every radio station and TV, um, I wonder if her uh, golden handshake was 200 gigabytes of data. That's about all she deserved. Oh, good time. All right, let's get on with the show. We're going to talk to, take all your calls and we're going to talk online shopping because it is Black Friday week, Cyber Monday and all that stuff. Never a better time to bag a deal. Lots of people shopping online. So we've got some shopping advice from PayPal. <laughs> All right, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website, eftm.com. Click on Ask Trev. We'll get you on the program. G'day, Russell. Hi, how are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? Um, Mum's got a mountain of photos, negatives, scrapbooks with the family tree, and yep. uh, everything's starting to get a bit old and obviously with time and age. Yep. So we're thinking about putting it all into digital format. So um, looking at scanning all three of those into yeah, – and getting everything in there. So what percentage is photos are. versus negatives? Uh, there'd be a lot more photos and negatives. Yep. Um, but I haven't been through it all either. It's all in in uh, drawers and the cupboards and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. I haven't actually looked at it. So yeah, I've got 100%. the same box of photos, uh, and it's it's a mess. But the yep. good news is there is technology to help. Now, you know, it's not cheap. But here's here's my opinion: do the photos first. And you buy an Epson Fast Photo. Uh, fast Photo, both Fs. The photo, F-O-T-O, right? Epson Fast Photo. It is phenomenal, mate. You plug it into your computer, you install a bit of software, you can put like 100 photos in and just go, go, and it goes, woof, 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 scans them all like 60 in, in a minute, like literally one a second, right? And the thing is it yep. will scan both sides as well so that if there's notes on the back, that information is stored, right? Because, you know, back in the day, you used to write, you know, at Bathurst, yep. 1992 or whatever. Um, so that's yep. really cool. Um, it's it's very good quality and and it puts them in folders. So what I did when I was testing this, you know, you grab an old uh, Kmart or Kodak, you know, folder of 24 photos and there's normally something on there that gives you an indication of what it was because your mom or someone wrote on it. It's like, you know, G G Gary's birthday, right? So what you do is yep. when you're in, you're about to hit scan, you type Gary's birthday and it creates a folder called Gary's birthday with those photos in it. So you've kind of then got a folder structure of photos. But honestly, what I do after that is I just drop them all in Google Photos in the cloud. It takes a bit of time. It recognizes faces so that then you can search for people. It's phenomenal, right? Now, you'll, you'll pay 750 bucks or something like that for an Epson Fast Photo. But when you're done with that box of photos, sell it. 
Sell it for six fifty yeah. or five fifty or five hundred. Sell it on marketplace. Sell it on eBay, and then use that money to buy a Kodak slide and scan. Now, this is a very cool little thing that has a little digital screen on it, and you literally yeah. put your negative inside the negative holder. You slide it through. It's a very manual process, but you slide it through. You put an SD card in the back, and you just go take the photo. And it essentially kind of takes a photo of the negative for you. And you end up with a digital photo of, of everything that's on the negative. So, again, I, that's... I had a, seen your review on that one. <laughs> a little bit more manual, to be honest, but yeah. a really rewarding thing to do. Like, I loved looking through those old photos from, you know, Bathurst yeah. 1991 or whenever the hell it was. I was up there with, a you know, seven rolls of film that I took to Kmart in Woiwoi to get developed the, the day later. You know, yeah. like, and, so cool. And then you get two photos out of, out, out of the whole yeah. reel and you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good times. Um, but the, so once you've done that, you've kind of done the work because you're digital from that point on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so right. if you think of that as an investment, and again, you could sell that other the slide and scan afterwards as well. They don't need to be yeah. things you hold on to forever. They might be something that you offer among your family and other parts of the family to, to do the same thing. But, mate, Epson Fast Photo, I've never seen anything that competes with it in terms of scanning photos because obviously you can buy a – a printer that has the flatbed and you lift up the top, you put a photo in, you just close the top, you go to the software, you hit scan. Mate, who has that amount of time? That's well, that's the wild. whole point of me asking you because I didn't really feel like doing that because no. it's so time-consuming. So That's insanity. Uh, mate, you will <laughs> love the Epson Fast Photo. Epson Fast Photo. Okay, that's lovely. It. Get it, my friend, and let me know well, how you go. Lovely. Thanks for your time, Trev. Cheers, buddy. Thanks for getting in touch. Okay. Really appreciate See. it. Yeah, good on you, mate. Um, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because we all have that. Somewhere in our family, our mums, our grandparents, whoever it is, you've got that box of photos. And, you know, I worry about it because we're really lucky that that box of photos was at my house when mum's pub burnt down. I can't remember why it was at my place. I think we didn't have enough room in the van when she moved up there. So it was at my place. And so I've still got that box of photos. Now, just think about that fire. And losing that box of photos. So a little investment, a little bit of time, just while you're watching TV at night, just run some photos through, whatever you need to do. Really great way to save those digital memories and, and ensure that you, you've got them forever. Taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website eftm.com. Trevor Long here helping you out with your tech queries. Don's on the line. G'day, Don. Good morning, uh, Trevor. Don, what can my, I do for you, uh, mate? I bought some US uh, SSDs from overseas. Yeah. And they seem to be so uh, intermittent. They they uh, disconnect themselves. Uh, I've tried to reformat them. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm at a loss how to uh, make them reliable. What's the capacity of them? Uh, thirty terabyte. Thirty terabytes. Are they are they external drives or little sticks? What do you what sort of SSD? No, you mean like a little drive with a cable? Yes. Um, and what did you pay for them? One hundred thirty-five, I think it was. Uh, and so I'm assuming you didn't buy them from you know, like Amazon or Kogan or JB Hi-Fi. No. So I'll tell you what they are. They are one me one megabyte hard drives. You, you, you've basically okay. been you've basically been scammed. 
They're, they're rubbish. Okay. I tested this. I bought one on eBay. Um, it was meant to be, off the top of my head, it was like 20 gigabytes or something like that. And it was crazy good value. Um, and, yeah, it, 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 it worked on my computer, but it didn't have anywhere near that amount of storage on it. It was much smaller than it thought. You know, for reference, if you were to buy a, like a Samsung SSD drive, two terabytes, it costs you $171. And that's in the Black Friday deals. So the fact that you were sold, in inverted commas, something that big, for that price, just tells me, mate, it's it's rubbish. In fact, I wouldn't connect to my computer. I'd be worried about what viruses are on it, my friend. And okay. I, I unfortunately think you need to walk away from that uh, that situation. I mean, if you, if you want to, you could report the website to ScamWatch. Um, not, I'm not sure what they can do physically about it, but it's worth letting other people know. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, my advice is to buy – online, if you're buying online, reputably from Kogan or Amazon or JB Hi-Fi, somewhere like that, unfortunately, mate. Okay. Thank you, Trevor. Sorry, not buddy. News, not the news but... you wanted. No. All right, mate. You have a good Thank afternoon. You. Cheers, mate. Bye. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you wanted to hear that um, at all. <laughs> um, and it is. It's exactly, I don't know if you remember when I got those, got that one on eBay. Um it's exactly the same situation. It's a 30 terabyte drive for under $200. Are you kidding me? That's wild. If that existed, we'd all be just lapping it up. But see, this is the problem. This is the, God, this is the problem with, you know, buying things online. And this, you know, I'm, I'm drawing a long bow here, but this is like the electric uh, scooter fires, you know. It's not because they bought it at JB Hi-Fi. It's because they bought some rubbish from China or bought a charger from China or a replacement battery from China. It doesn't meet Australian standards. That alone, let alone the fact that it's probably a scam. Um, anyway, look, it's the best I can do. Sorry, mate. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Oh, I appreciate you listening. Thank you for downloading. Tell your friends uh, so that everyone knows about it. Uh, get in touch, EFTM.com. Craig did that. G'day, Craig. How you going, Trevor? Yeah, real good, buddy. What can I do for you? My my random thoughts on the uh, Optus shutdown yeah. is the um, I don't understand why we can't have a, a blank SIM card that um, you can switch networks on your phone mm. so yeah. that uh, you you, char- you work with a network and they just charge you for what you use on that day mm. instead of having a plan if you sort of follow my drift. Mate, I, honestly, I think in part it's a bloody great idea that people are working on. So Peter Adderton, the founder of Boost Mobile, has a thing in the US called Mobile X. And I, I suspect yeah. I remember him telling me it was based on multiple carriers and so they could switch you from one to another because it's all about an app that controls how much data you need and all that kind of stuff and they switch you based on how that works, right? But I would say yeah. to you, mate, oh, I think not enough people knew – last week or the week before about eSIMs because if you've got a modern phone, Samsung or, or Apple and many more, you can install a new SIM card from another provider via the internet. Um, so Kogan Mobile saw a 400% increase in eSIM sales on the day of the outage because you could log on, you could put an eSIM in the, in the shopping cart, you could put $5 of credit in the shopping cart and then they email you a QR code you click on it or scan it and your phone it has a SIM card in it. It's it's instant. It's over the phone. It's over the internet. So in theory, no. switching's very easy. 
But if you're with, say, you're, you're like last week with Optus yep. and you've got no service whatsoever, how do you get an eSIM? I mean, I think most people found the internet on that day, um, you know, whether it's on your computer yep. or, or at work, whatever it might be. Oh, okay. You know, you don't, yep. you don't, you can, your phone can be out of service and as long as you can receive an email on your computer or wherever it is or do the shopping on someone else's computer, then that can be done. Right. And of course, you can still go into a store. You can actually go into stores and get eSIMs as well. It's a QR code. Um, and the thing is, I think the number one learning from, from the outage is, and I've yet to get to the chance to write about this, but forget Optus executives who it's ridiculous that they didn't have this in place. But if, if connectivity is critical to you, then you can have your normal, yeah. let's say, Optus SIM card in your phone. Good. And then you could go to Aldi, or maybe not Aldi because I don't know if they've got eSIM yet, but could you go to another cheap carrier like Kogan and get an eSIM and pay like 100 bucks for a year? And that's that gives you another number that's active in your phone but never rings unless someone needs you. So what should have happened last Wednesday week was – Kelly Bayer Rosmarin should have had a second phone number on the Vodafone network or Telstra network. And at 4.35, at half an hour after they realised they got a massive problem, someone should have rung her on that other number and she would have gone, holy crap, my phone's ringing on that other number. This must be bad. You know what I mean? You should never be without communication yeah, if needed. So if you're worried right. about communication, you can certainly have a backup SIM already active in your phone if you want. You can have two SIMs in there. But if you have that kind of situation again, then it is very easy to get a SIM, eSIM, online. And I recommend people know about that and do it. But I wouldn't mind having the plan that you have, mate. I love the idea of just going, you know what, I mean, open up an app and I go, you know what, I, uh, I'm i happy to pay an extra $3 this day or this month because I want to be on the Telstra network today. Well, it's, I just thought it'd be easy on a smartphone. You just open an app and say connect Telstra or connect Optus or yeah. connect whoever. Because yeah. I know, like, out in the country, you, you're pretty much only getting Telstra when you go out bush. Uh, but a lot of people that live in the cities like to use the Vodafone apps and things, which are, like, so my wife, for instance, loves Vodafone, never had an issue with Vodafone, never had any problems with it. Yeah. But she needs Telstra when she visits back home. Yeah. Um, so if she could have switched between the two, that would have been good for her. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I didn't know about the eSIMs. Yeah, w worth looking at, mate. She could put a Boost Mobile SIM in her phone, which is Telstra, and uh, yeah. that would work when she's away. So if you, she went for a drive out in the bush and you were still in the city, um, if you're having a conversation that dropped out, you just ring back on the on the Boost line. And that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like it's not like it's your active regular phone number. It's just your family or, in, in the case of the executives yeah. at Optus, the fellow executives that would go, oh, we've got to call the emergency number now. And the emergency number is not on their network. That's as simple as that. So, mate, it's a good idea. Yeah. I love it. Love your thinking. All right. So easy. I'll look into that. Good on you, mate. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea. And I'm, I'd have to check with Peter Adderton, but I think it might be one network. In the end, he did a deal with one network, but I think they built the technology so it could move among the networks. But um, the concept is strong. The concept is, uh, is worth pursuing, um, obviously. We're going to come to a situation here where the telcos aren't going to want to change too much about the way it all works because they don't want the ease of switching. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to know how easy it is to switch at the best of times. So, yeah, well, let's just see how that all pans out. This is the end.
EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, and if you've got a tech question, like all our callers today, you can go to the website, EFTM.com. Just click on Ask Trev. Uh, and we'll keep going with calls. Uh, g'day, Lee. Hey, Trev. What um, can I do for you, so buddy? I've got a Chromecast. Yep. And it's a slightly old one. My TV is probably about 13, 14 years old. It's always a Sony Bravia. It's nice. always runs so you've well. You've got your money's quite, worth quite... out of that one, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. So I've had the Chromecast, and now the only things that don't cast are KO and YouTube, YouTube for kids. But yep. yet uh, Stan still casts. Um, Nine Now, um, a few others still cast. Yep. And so when you say cast, so you're to... opening up your smartphone and you're yep. clicking the clicking the little cast button when you're on the Wi-Fi network, yeah? Yeah, but sometimes also the cast button, only the, yeah, the little cast symbol, only has a few little, not the whole thing lights up. It's just right. the little corner part of the cast. Okay. Now, it's a HDTV, right, because it didn't have 4K back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Mate, drop everything, drive to JB Hi-Fi for $39 yeah. during the Black Friday sales. $39, you can get the brand new Chromecast with Google TV. In HD. I've just tried that. And? I've just tried that. And that didn't work either. But but you don't need to cast from your phone with that. Your phone's irrelevant. Yeah, that wouldn't pick up the actual... I couldn't get an actual internet connection with that one. Well, there, okay. Well, there's the problem with the current Chromecast. It's your Wi-Fi. Yeah. So there's yeah, an issue so with your Wi-Fi, I'm, right? So now it could be that there's, an, you know, there's some new um, uh, issues in the area, uh, interference, someone else's... You know, install a Wi-Fi network that's interfering with yours. There's a bunch you can do there. Look into the router and see whether you can change the channel on the router. Um, but that's a bit of back-end yep. work you need to do. It could be worth investing in a better Wi-Fi network to actually expand that and make sure you're getting full coverage there near the Chromecast. But if that new Chromecast yep. doesn't get the internet, then the issue with your current Chromecast is exactly the same thing. Because it's not not, yeah, like, not a okay. line of sight thing. Basically, what happens with a that's, that old-style Chromecast is – what what your phone is doing is not really casting up to the screen. It's sending a link. It's sending a web web link to, to the Chromecast. And that Chromecast then brings in that that stream via that web link. And your phone simply becomes yep. a control for it. So if there's no good Wi-Fi there, it, it'll fail. And um, it's interesting that some apps work and some don't. That could be a, a signal strength thing. It could be a resolution thing. But to be honest, if the new Chromecast doesn't work, I would be looking to upgrading your Wi-Fi or modifying your Wi-Fi so that you get the best signal where that TV is. Yeah, because I'm, I'm almost – because it's nearly Black Friday, I can get a good deal on a, a whole new – I was just going to maybe even go and get a whole new smart TV. Nah, mate. So that was again, then. we've just diagnosed that it's definitely Wi-Fi. Like, it's definitely an internet problem. Okay. If a, if a brand new Chromecast doesn't work – because, mate – Honestly, once you fix the Wi-Fi, I'd still buy the new Chromecast. It's way better than having to use your phone to launch apps. It, it's all yeah, there. It's, yeah, it's got yeah. its own little remote. Like, it's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I would I would work on resolving the problem rather than getting rid of the TV, which is serving you well. Unless that TV's failing, yeah. it doesn't need to go anywhere. Yeah, well, that's what I was sort of hoping not to get to that point. But, um yeah, so I've, I've gone through everything, and the guy at IINet, who I went through um, 
the other day for like an hour on the phone. We went through everything and he goes, I'm sorry, I can't. I, I can't actually. He's had no more um, ideas of what else we could try. Well, we I mean, look, the thing it. is um, your, your internet provider is not going to push you towards the solution that will solve everything, which is to buy a new router. Um, you've got NBN. Yeah, Do you know okay. what sort of NBN it is? Um, fibre to the node, I think. Okay, so you still need the modem that came that comes with Ionet, but you yep. can plug a, a, a new mesh Wi-Fi system into that um, with ease. Uh, Nikki Orbi, uh, Google Wi-Fi, there's plenty, plenty of them out there. Mesh Wi-Fi is what you want mm-hmm. because you put one where the modem is and one in the other room nearer to the TV and you'll end up with awesome internet everywhere. And I reckon the existing Chromecast will then start working and then I would still upgrade to the new Chromecast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I've got a um, I've I've tried the yeah I tried the new one, the new Chromecast, and that was being sort of weird that the old one doesn't uh, the the old one can hook up, but the new one won't. So that's it's like every every there's a roadblock to every option that I'm trying at the moment. Yeah, it, it feels <laughs> to me like it's a connectivity issue, not a uh, not a phone or essentially Chromecast issue. Yeah. Yeah, because I can cast from my laptop and mm. in another room. To the same then, TV? Yeah, I can't, can't. Yeah, yeah. From With KO? Yeah, KO I've had. Um, that's, Rob, but that's where the problem started because I just wanted to watch the World Cup uh. <laughs> and I've missed it now. <laughs> well, I saw it all. But, it was on channel line, mate. You were fine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was all good. Yeah, look, I mean, it is. there are some curios- curiosities to your story because it's weird that it works in some ways and not others. But it still, to me, yeah. points to a Wi-Fi issue. Now, I, to diagnose that without spending money requires you moving the modem closer to the TV and just sitting everything there and, and seeing if it all works. Um, that's a big goal. Yeah, so, like, yeah it's, it's, not right, to it's right next to it. Yeah, it's right next to it. The TV is right home. next to the router. Yeah. Mate, honestly, I think Ironet needs to replace that router because that's wild. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's maybe what I'll, I'll speak to him about. Mate, ring him back and say, listen, I'm sorry, but I'm having streaming issues on mm. on a network that's sitting right next to my TV. That's ridiculous. Now, you should also do yeah, some fundamental yeah, yeah. things like a speed test. You should do a speed test with a laptop yeah. plugged into the modem. What speed are you getting? Um, is there interference on your line? Um, you know, with other old phone plugs in the house. There's a bunch of things that can cause fibre to the node to go wrong. Um, and most of the time, okay, it's interference yep. at home. So, like, remember when back in the day, <laughs> I feel like you're in, in, of my era or, or similar. Back in the day, we used yeah, to have yep, a yep. phone line come in and we had, you know, one in one in the kitchen, one in the lounge room, one in one of the bedrooms. You had phones everywhere, right? Those, yeah, and now yeah. your, your MBN comes in on one of those lines. But those other cables going out to the rest of the house are actually causing interference. And so they, okay. need, they actually should be disconnected. So a Sparky yeah. could theoretically check that for you. But don't don't worry about that until you've done a speed test. Plug a computer into the motor, yeah. do a speed test, and then if you're getting, you know, less than 80% of what you're paying for and you're probably paying for 25 or 50, then ring them back and tell them to sort it out. Yeah, that's what I think I'll, think I'll get on to them tonight. Be strong, sure, mate. Because I did a speed test. I did a speed test about a month ago, and they said, "No, no, that's all okay." What and speed was, was it? Like, okay. 
Uh, it was 23 down and one, I think 1.95 up. That's pretty, that's pretty poor up. Um, you should at least be getting, you know, yeah, three or four. Yeah, for, um, yeah, uh, yeah. But if you're paying for the 25 plan, then that's pretty good down. So that's not, that's not horrible. So, yeah. you, so do you, what you, with a speed test, I always do a speed test plugged in and then I do one with my mobile phone sitting next to the router and then I go and sit on the lounge. So you need to do speed tests all around the home to see where the Wi-Fi is failing you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So ignore the bars on your phone. Yeah. Look at the speed that you're getting. Yep. So do a speed test. Stand in one spot, do a speed test, let it finish. And draw a map. Get a piece of paper. Draw a map of your house and do the speed test. There's actually – there used to be an app, Telstra had an app called Telstra Home or something. I don't know if it still exists, where you could draw a map, take a photo, and then go and do all these tests, and it would it would draw a heat map for you of where your Wi-Fi was good and bad. Yeah, Really okay. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll try – I'll maybe try and map it out. It's, it's, a, it's a weird but interesting exercise that will help you understand – whether or not you need different hardware and what's failing. So you've got more information so you can sound more informed when you're on the phone to uh, iron it. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, mate, good luck. Thanks, Trev. Cheers, Lee. No worries, mate. Good on you. Have Cheers, a great mate. day. Thanks so much. Cheers. No worries. Um, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's a fascinating one because it sounded really easy at first, but then it evolved <laughs> a little bit into being potentially something much more difficult. Anyway, we shall see. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. I seem to have avoided messages from my wife being, we should buy this or can you buy me that? But now is the time to be looking for deals and bargains, especially ahead of Christmas, because there's no better time to buy Christmas presents than when most things are on special. And actually, this whole Black Friday palaver, which has become the biggest sales event of the year, um, it's probably bigger than Boxing Day and it certainly presents a great opportunity for us to you know, actually get a deal ahead of Christmas, something we never used to be able to do. So Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then leading into, into Christmas, um, never a better time. And some research by PayPal showed that 82% of Australians will shop in the online sales this year. That's a big number of people that are shopping online. Um, and 38% of people are saying those that shopping online in these sales is going to help keep Christmas costs down. So that's a big win for everyone. So to talk about that and to give us some tips on shopping online is Alison O'Brien, consumer shopping expert at PayPal. G'day, Alison. Hi, Trevor. Thanks for having me. What qualifications do you have to be a consumer shopping expert? Are you just you know addicted to your phone and shopping and therefore it's a great title? I mean, that's the best title in the planet, isn't it? Oh, it has to be. And I think my husband would agree. I'm definitely a consumer shopping <laughs> expert. Um, but here at PayPal, I also look after uh, our customers and our merchants. So making sure that uh, merchants know um, how to implement the best e-commerce experiences for customers. Because I think, and you know what, you would have data about this, I'm sure, but you don't have to go through the interesting details of it. But, you know, these days when you shop online, you get to the checkout and you're presented with options and often PayPal is the most seamless option for people. I know that on my phone with Face ID and all that kind of stuff, it kind of knows who I am and it just it's just a couple of clicks and I'm done. So the convenience of a payment system like PayPal being the back end of an online store really helps drive a business, doesn't it? Absolutely. And convenience is a really big factor for Aussies, um, particularly after COVID, having experienced or become habituated to 
um, really easy, convenient online shopping experiences. Uh, but in addition, PayPal helps Aussies to stay safe by protecting their financial information. So when you check out with PayPal, we don't share your sensitive data like credit card or bank account numbers. So essentially, and this is obviously worst case scenario for the world, but we have had some data breaches. If you think about a, a small online store that accepts your credit card, do you know whether or not they're saving your credit card details? No, you don't. And if they did, is it potentially going to be exposed to a scammer or a hacker if they get into that system? Whereas if I use PayPal, essentially all they get is a thumbs up or a thumbs down for the payment, don't they? They don't get anything else other than, yep, sending the goods. Correct, correct. All of that data um, is is kept within the wallet. It's not shared with uh, with businesses. And we automatically encrypt all your confidential information when it's stored and transmitted so it also can't be intercepted. Uh, and we monitor account activity 24-7, so very advanced fraud detection technology, um, really to try and thwart those fraudsters um, and make sure we're managing compromised accounts, illegal activity and any other violations. Yeah, right. And, and you know from your research that people – do pay attention to security and many of them are, are abandoning their purchases when they don't believe or don't have the faith in the security of that website. That's right. We found, Trevor, that almost two in five Aussies or 37% have abandoned purchases due to con- security concerns or because their preferred payment method wasn't available. Yeah, and I think that's that's where I go. I'm like, hang on a minute, if you don't have one of the clear buttons that I know <laughs> – I'm probably not going to do it. And I can't, in fact, I can't remember the last time I typed a credit card number in a, in a shop. Certainly if you're subscribing to something for the first time, maybe you need to do that. But um, I can't remember the last time if I was shopping for an item that I haven't opted for one of the very clear and obvious payment mechanisms like PayPal. And I think people really understand now that there's a kind of sense of safety and security around that. So there's a bunch of things that we can do as individuals, though, to stay safe. And I think the, the thing, and you're going to hear me bang on about this, folks, over the next week or so because it's um, Scam Awareness Week next week. But we need to share – we're going to go through some tips now. These are the kind of things you should share with your family and friends because, you know, people that are not as savvy as someone listening to a tech podcast are probably the, the likely victims. So, you know, you need to talk amongst your family and friends about these things. So let's run through some of the tips that you've got, the, you know, strategies for uh, for a successful sales season. And you, you, your first one's fascinating to me because it talks about looking local. Yeah, absolutely. And, and part of that is, um, as you mentioned earlier, Trevor, uh, Aussies are getting in on the online sales to buy gifts to their loved ones at Christmas. So to avoid that postal panic and make sure you are getting your Christmas gifts in time, um, we say do look local, um, look in your backyard, support the Australian economy just to really avoid um, international delivery times um, and delays with those. And often those times are estimated and you think, oh, it says it'll be here on December 13, but actually do you know that for sure? And that's a real risk. So buying local, especially in your own literal backyard, but certainly certainly in Australia, makes a big difference to the predicted uh, delivery times. The it's one of the pieces of advice that I give all the time when people are looking for a, a you know an app or a service is check the reviews, and that's that's something you can do with with online stores as well. Absolutely, particularly if it's a company that you haven't shopped from before. Um, if other shoppers have had a negative experience with a specific company, you know, including fraud, it's quite likely they've posted about it online to right. warn others. So do do check for those reviews online first. Now I need to know what PayPal Honey is because you recommend it as a way of doing part of your research. 
Yeah, so PayPal Honey is a network of over 30,000 shopping sites and it allows Aussies to earn cashback rewards and exclusive deals that you can only get uh, through using the Honey browser extension, which is free to download. Uh, but if you do download it, it means that, you know, while you can't beat exhaustive manual online search, um, PayPal Honey will help you really quickly check for any special offers that you may have otherwise missed. Ah, right. Nice little browser plugin. It's an uh, easy one to download. Now, this is really important advice. The, the price that's listed in the store isn't always the price that you're going to pay because it's got to get to you, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. And I think some consumers do get sticker shock when they think they've got a fantastic deal, but then you know, along comes the, the kind of the shipping fee. So we do always say, you know, make sure um, that you double check the shipping fee and that you're comparing deals properly because you may find that the total price when it's, once it's inclusive of shipping um, is you know higher where you're shopping um, compared to what you can uh, achieve that for uh, and, on a different website. And do what my wife does. She's always like, oh, but if I buy three things, it's going to be cheaper shipping. I'm like, but do we need the three things? Um, look, <laughs> I, I can't win that argument every time, but sometimes there's definite value in looking at those you know, you, you spend more than a certain amount, it's going to be free shipping. That may actually save you another Christmas present. It may narrow your shopping to one store as opposed to multiple. Those kind of things can be good ways of uh, clipping the ticket yourself and saving some money. Now, returns is, is a weird thing. I personally don't think I've ever returned something that I bought online because I just, I'm so put off by the concept of it. But it does exist. It is possible. But you need to check what those what those options are before you buy. Absolutely. And retailers will have different returns policies. Um, so we always advise, you know, give yourself a way out of a gift that isn't 100% right and shop with retailers that offer a reasonable returns policy. Now, the last few tips here, are, I would group into one and, and say, look, there's some basic fundamentals of, um, of online shopping that we shouldn't forget. All right. Now, the little lock on the browser, you know, 15 years ago was an innovation to show that you had this security it still exists. I can see it right now on a website I'm looking at. There's a little lock. It means that what you're saying, what you're transacting is is secure between you and the website. So it can't be intercepted by a third party, just like the concern around using public Wi-Fi networks. So while I feel like we've we've got a strong use of, of security online now, we still need to double check ourselves, don't we? Because obviously a fraudulent website is most likely to not have that set up. That's right. So as you say, Trevor, do look uh, for that closed padlock symbol and make sure the web address begins with HTTPS um, because that does indicate the site has some security features in place, which tells you that, um, as you say, it's, it's unlikely to be a fraudster. Um, also things like keeping your financial details safe, so using a secure payment method like PayPal um, just to protect your personal and financial information. Uh, and as you say, avoid unsecured and, and uh, sorry, unsecured Wi-Fi networks, because hackers can use unsecured Wi-Fi networks to tap into devices and steal information. It's phenomenal this uh, how far Black Friday has grown just in Australia over the last few years. I felt like I feel like five years ago it was just a thing in America, and there was some savvy online companies that do it. But now I, I was driving to the city, and there's huge billboards for our major retailers. It's it's really become the sales season of the year, hasn't it? And I guess PayPal would see that amplified through just the number of people using it. It's phenomenal how much it's grown, isn't it? The popularity. 
the popularity has continued to soar. And it's easy to understand why online sales offer more choice, convenience, and the ability to quickly compare prices and nab the best deal. Um, But this year, our research is also showing that people are consciously waiting for the online sales as the strategy against those cost of living pressures as well. And they're so savvy. I noticed in the research you sent me that even broken down across Black Friday, the early bird sales, Cyber Monday, which is obviously on Monday, um, and then the click frenzy time, all that kind of stuff coming up. People are very specific about when they think they're going to shop because there are different deals. You know, I, I spoke to someone from LG a couple of weeks ago, Tony Brown, who kind of indicated to me that you shouldn't wait till Cyber Monday because stock would be an issue. But then some of the best deals might drop on Cyber Monday because the the deals haven't, you know, sunk in with enough people. So it's actually a whole week that we need to be analyzing the the websites and looking for those deals and kind of not looking over your shoulder. If you get it, if you got a good deal, take it. Don't look back at the next day to see whether or not the price has gone up or down for sure. That's very good advice. And you're right, it does the sales seem to be starting earlier and earlier each year. Um, so yes, you do. I think you have to keep looking across the entire week and work out what are the things you really want. Um, you know, and what are the things that you want to wait for Black Friday to see to see what kind of deals you can nab. So, you know, Alison, I like to think that nearly everything I buy in a technology sense is tax deductible because it's my job to know how it works, you know, whether it's a new app or, <laughs> or a device. So as the consumer shopping expert at PayPal, surely all of your online shopping is tax deductible because you're just testing the websites to make sure the process is working and all that kind of stuff, right? I wish that were true. <laughs> I wish that were true. <laughs> so, so does your husband by the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good advice. Um, it's going to be a massive week. It's already started, but it's going to be a massive weekend weekend um, in in the online sales space. And there will be, you know, queues at stores as well. But given your data shows eighty two percent of people plan to shop online this uh, this this uh, sales period, it's phenomenal to think how much money is going to go through the tills and through the websites and through payment services like PayPal. Good insights, Alison. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks for having me. Trevor Long taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to EFTM.com and click on Ask Trev. Bob's on the line. G'day, Bob. G'day, Trev. How are you? You were reminding me you're a, you're a long-time listener, mate, from back in the day, back in the Your Tech Life days. <laughs> yes. So you dropped off you and see. then you've come back. Is that what you're telling me? No, I saw you on, uh, were you on the news or on the, I think you were on the news because I saw your face. But yeah. You must have been on TV doing an interview about the uh, Optus outage. Yeah. And so and what are your thoughts, said, mate? What, um, what, what, what are you thinking about that? What, what makes you think that uh, there's a way we could get around it? Well, I have to admit I'm a Telstra user. Yeah. But I live in the rural area. And one of the things I do is I maintain... Well, I keep a SIM card for Optus in the closet just in case. But now with newer phones, especially the uh, the high-priced ones, they can have multiple eSIMs. Uh, iPhones can, can have like eight eSIMs already configured. So you could get an eSIM from, if you're on Optus, let's say, you, you could have an eSIM from Telstra. You don't have to, you, you have to charge it the first time, so you would use a, a prepaid for yep. $15. But then you don't have to use it again for, I think it's six months before they'll disable it. But basically, if, if the network you're using drops out, you just switch eSIMs to the other network. 
and you're back in business. I mean, look, it's a great idea. I, I, I wonder how – I mean, the problem is people are complacent and they don't think about these things in advance. But if you're – certainly if, if connectivity is critical to you, then you're absolutely right, mate. Just get another SIM or two and have them on your phone. Now, is it worth the money for the average Joe? No, because is it, are you really no. going to struggle without phones for half a day? It's not the end of the world, right? But if your business relies on it – so like, for example, on my I, – I use an iPhone to broadcast on the Today Show. So when we go to America – I can, I've got a Vodafone uh, SIM on my phone. I've got a Boost SIM on, on that phone. And then I also have an AT&T eSIM. So, but I only activate that when I, when I land in America. And I've got both options to me. So if one works or yep. one doesn't, I've got those options. Now, the example I gave to a caller just minutes ago was, you know, the executives at Optus should have had eSIMs that were active. And as you say, the phone will ring even if you don't top it up. Um, if you don't spend a lot of money because it's really data you're paying for. So it's very it's very cheap to top up a phone for phone calls. And really you only need it to ring when there's an emergency, when when you can't be reached on the other line. So yeah. it's a smart move really, isn't it? Yes, it would be. Have a, in addition to that, yeah, you can now get um, services where you can take payments on your iPhone directly. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you can do the same on a, an Android. Uh, if you have that in the background and your cash register went down, then you pull out your phone and you take um, purchases temporarily and not lose business. Feels like you should be offering uh, risk management advice to businesses, mate. <laughs> Too much time on my hands. <laughs> well, I appreciate you getting in touch, Bob. It was good to hear from you for after a while, mate. Yeah. Uh, subscribe again, mate. The, uh, the, sh- the podcast today is pretty much exactly what it was. Uh, 11, 12 years ago. It's come back to, it's essentially oh. your tech life with a different name. Yep, I will take a look at that. Good on you, buddy. Thanks for getting Thanks in touch, for Bob. Getting in touch. Cheers. Correct. Good on you. Um, I don't know, Bob had headphones on or something. Um, very muffled, but uh, he'll hear that. He'll hear it and he'll know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really simple thing. And again, this is not really for the average mum and dad here to worry about, but if you were a business that were affected by the Optus outage or you looked at that and went, holy crap, what would happen if that was us? Then these are the steps that you need to take and you need to think about. You really do need to wonder how you're going to operate if certain things happen. It's called risk management. It really is. And you should be doing it no matter no matter the size of your business. And as I said, like if the Today Show rings me and says, we need you tomorrow morning and my I use – when, when I'm on the Today Show here from the studio, from the EFGM studio, um, I'm actually connecting via um, mobile and NBN. Now, if one of those goes down, I can still get a good connection, so it doesn't worry me too much. If both those go down, I've got another phone with a different SIM card in it, so another carrier. So that's good. That's a backup. If power was out here, then I would lose NBN, but I would also lose lights. Well, I have a light with a battery. So aside from the fact that you wouldn't see the big TV behind me with the logo on it and everything... And if I wanted to, I could go downstairs and grab a, you know, one of those camping batteries that we've got from NRG Vault or whatever it is and plug it into the TV. I could get that working. So there are ways and means. You've got to think through it. You've got to think, what would I do if? Um, and that, that I think is really good advice to small businesses who don't want to suffer that problem that, uh, that happened just a couple of weeks ago.
Trevor Long taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, Brad's on the line. G'day, Brad. Okay, Trevor, how are you going? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? Oh, well, I was thinking about ditching Foxtel, but yeah. my problem is I, I live um, in the bush yeah. and don't and only have um, Starlink or NBN for my internet. And yeah. I was thinking of going to Binge and KO, hmm. but I, I, I tried tried KO coming out of coming out of COVID and um, I found it was sort of – it just kept buffering and, and I couldn't really watch anything live on it. Yeah. So I went back to the normal satellite, Foxtel. Now, are you living and, alone or you got a family? Oh, just me and my wife and a couple uh, of dogs. And you still got Starlink <laughs> now? Yeah, got Starlink, got it a few months ago and it's uh, it's been a bit of a game changer. Mate, and I also got isn't it what? Jesus. 4G. It's – you know, yeah. Starlink alone, so forget your 4G because that's an expensive way to use data, right? It's, um, yep. you know, yeah, you've got your 4G and you could, you know, hotspot your phone or whatever, but honestly, it's an expensive way to use data. So try and avoid yep. that. But you've got Starlink, which yep. is unlimited, isn't it? But, um, yes. you know, you're paying like 140 bucks a month. You're getting probably 200 meg down speeds. The only issue yep. with Starlink that I could imagine is just the it might take slightly longer to begin and commence the stream but other than that man you should have plenty of bandwidth for you and your wife to be watching separate things in separate rooms um yeah i'd give it another crack did you have um did you have an app a a smart tv with either of those apps on it or do you have a chromecast or anything i've got i've got like smart tv in one room got apple tv and um yeah sort of sort of pretty well set up as far as that's concerned it was just more concerned about whether i'd be able to watch stuff you know because I think bloody Foxtel's up around 150 bucks a month now. Mate, it's honestly unbelievable what people are paying considering that for 30 bucks you get KO and 15 yeah. or 18 whatever it is now to get binge and that is I'm tipping 98% of everything on Foxtel is on those two apps. Yeah. With with Foxtel the main concern that that my wife's got is she's she's English and um she loves the UK TV and she said oh I be worried about binge if if we don't have like live access to the UK TV channels, and I was like, well, I can, you know, we can work that out, surely. So you mean, as in the channel UK TV or other channels from yes. the UK? The, the the channel UK TV. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm, I've just logged into my binge, and so binge very similar to Netflix, got a bunch of shows, right? But then there are live channels. Uh, yep. So there's a Doctor Who HD channel on binge. Like, hello, that's, yep. that's the ultimate in British. <laughs> Um, Isn't it? BBC Earth, Docos. I'm scrolling through looking for UK TV. There it is, BBC UK TV. Perfect. So you can stream that Perfect. live. I've just opened it up. Yep. It is loading. It is loaded, and there are two English people looking at who knows what. Uh, so UK yep. TV <laughs> is available to watch live as well as, of course, all of their shows. So what's your wife's favourite show? Oh, she just loves those old Coronation Street and, and East Enders and that type of stuff. Yeah. Coronation Street. Those Let's, type of, yeah, type of me, things. If only I could search. Their uh, search function doesn't seem to actually allow me to type anything. But anyway, let's go again. Coronation. Coronation. Oh, God. It's not the best website, I'll be honest with you. Coronation <laughs> Street. Coronation Street. There it is. Boom. Perfect. And there are... Perfect. Let's have a look here. My God, there are a lot of episodes. How far back does it go? I wonder how far back it goes, though, because it 
I mean, I'm scrolling a long way back. It doesn't split. It's not split into seasons. Normally, like Seinfeld, it's split into nine seasons and then the episodes. Yeah. But this is just fed income episode after episode after episode. So there's there's yeah. a lot. I can see a lot of episodes. So, mate, <laughs> right. well, here's what to do, though. Don't cancel Foxtel today. But yep. sign up to Binge again. Um, yep. Just get Because here's the thing. You don't just sign up to KO again yet. Just sign up to Binge and show your wife yep. how to use it. If it's on, if it's not on the smart TV, get her something simple like a, a Chromecast, Google Chromecast, so that she can easily with yep. one remote just get it going. Um, and yep. watch a few episodes. Make sure it comes up okay, sounds okay, looks okay, doesn't buffer. And then once you've done that for a couple yep. of days, you've basically confirmed yep. that it's all good. Um, sign up yep. to Ko, and then make sure that while yep. you're watching, she can watch in different rooms because that's the biggest yep. stumbling block to a stream is that you chew up all the bandwidth that she needs or, or vice versa. So do that. Yep. And then once you've tested that for a few days, ring Foxtel. So see you later. And remember, when you ring them, yep. they'll be like, no, 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 stay with us, 60 bucks a month. And you'll be like, I'm paying less than that for all the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you have to buy before. your wife something something lovely for Christmas because you've saved uh, about 100 bucks a month. Yeah. Well, that's, that's obviously a given. <laughs> Mate, that's a given if you stay with Foxtel. Um, yeah, so and, and let me know because I'm curious. I think Starlink would be absolutely fine for that. I've got no doubt. NBN satellite yep. was it, it, it's now a bit faster, but it was much slower. So you know, not yep. amazing way to watch streamed content. Um, but in their credit, it was still better than the crap that we had. You know, well, ten years ago. Could battle through with like um, Netflix with it because it'd buffer and then it'd load, you know, the show. But there was just the live sport; it was it, it, it couldn't do it. Yeah, we know? don't want to do that with live sport. That's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. exactly right. Well, you've got a plan, mate. Go and so binge first, then KO, and then give Foxtel the boot. Right, thanks very much, Trevor. No worries, buddy. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Cheers, mate. And uh, yeah, it's it's not hard. Um, I didn't have that meeting with Patrick Delaney, by the way. He had a sick child and he had he rang me and cancelled. Uh, but we are catching up on Monday. So if you're wondering why I'm still uh, alive and kicking and haven't been muted, it's because I haven't met with Patrick Delaney yet. Um, really fascinated to know if he, if he hears these comments. Um, but, you know, I don't know how you justify spending 150 bucks in your family if you can spend a third of that and get the same content it just doesn't make sense to me okay 4k 4k sport great good well done but for 100 bucks no i don't think so EFTM. this is the eftm podcast EFTM podcast. probably got time for one more graham's on the line g'day graham yeah hi how are you Trevor? yeah real good mate what can i do for you um i'm interested in buying the um audi a 70-inch um, smart TV that uh, goes on sale tomorrow. And uh, I just wanted to, um, one, make sure it's uh, it's okay. And two, um, we like watching uh, programs from BritBox, and I just want to make sure that I can load BritBox onto it. So it's uh, I'm thinking WebOS is what that one's running. Um, BritBox. I haven't seen BritBox on... Um, on a WebOS TV, but it might be there. Now, here's the thing. Uh, let's start with the TV itself. Those Audi TVs, they're awesome value, really good value. Don't expect it to last eight, ten years because it's probably not going to, right? Let's be really honest about it. It certainly doesn't have the quality of a Samsung, and so it probably won't have the life of a Samsung. But it's a massive, beautiful, big TV. 
Now, it has smarts in it. It certainly has a bunch of apps. But if it doesn't have BritBox, mate, go to JB Hi-Fi and for $59, buy the Google Chromecast and that has every app. So it turns it turns even the dumbest TV into a smart TV. And so if it's not listed and not available in the in the content store, then I would just say, mate, I'd still get the TV. Because for a 70-inch TV, I mean, what's the, what's the price on the Aldi one? Uh, it, it's down to 629 Was it? Was it more than it that? Seems in the, exceptional. In the, yeah, it was seven ninety nine, but it, it's going on tomorrow at six twenty nine. Oh, it must be Black Friday. And it's even got even got the voice activated remote. Look, they've got WebOS, so it's basically got LG's operating system on it, and that remote is yep. awesome. Not not just because of voice, but it's got the magic mouse, which allows you to use your your remote as a pointer. Mate, it's so good. I love it for that. But I can't yep. guarantee BritBox is going to come out of the box with it. So second yep. option is it will be in the content store, LG or WebOS yep. content store. And third option, yep. mate, Google Chromecast or Chromecast with Google TV is a game changer. Any app, in fact, I'd be honest with you, one of the biggest failings or biggest uh, downgrades of a TV like that is that it's not a, it doesn't have the, the processing power of the bigger brands. So in fact, for most of the smart TV functions, You'll get better performance from a Google Chromecast, Chromecast with Google TV, plugged into the HDMI port, than from the standard uh, WebOS apps. So it might be worth looking at one of those anyway, and then just enjoying the big screen for what it is, mate. But it's good value because, like, even the the Aldi F Falcon, you know, which is their super cheap TV, is eight seven eighty eight right now. And that, that's it's a hundred and sixty bucks more than what you're going to pay for uh, for a TV of probably the same quality. And for fifty nine bucks, I can just go to JB Hi-Fi and get a Google Chromecast and and bolt it on type of thing. That's it. Now the, there's two of them. One of them is fifty nine. It's actually discounted to thirty nine right now. That's the HD version. The four K version is normally ninety nine. Discounted at the moment to seventy nine. So you choose. It's a big TV. I probably would err on the side of four K if you can. Um, Get the 4K, right? That, yep. that, man, that's still – I think we're still under 700 total budget there. <laughs> that's brilliant. Thanks hey, for all your how help, you gonna get that? How are you going to get that thing home, mate? Uh, I was going to put it in the car. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a big TV. It's a big box. Is it? Righto. Yeah. Just I be, might get someone to give me a hand. Just be ready for that, mate. Cool. Okay, right, thanks for your help. Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting See in touch. You. Cheers. Okay. Righto. Bye. Bye. Oh, good on you. It is a big box. You've really got to you really got to think about how you're getting those things home these days. Anyway, it's it's genuinely a great deal. So well worth the look. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. I said we were done, but we got one more caller on the line. Debbie's on the line. Good day, Debbie. Hello. How are you going, Trev? You got in <laughs> touch just in time for this week's show. What can I do for you? Well, um, I've just bought a new laptop and um, mine's about 13 years old. So technology has just gone way ahead of me. Um, I bought it without buying the Microsoft suite. And I just want to know what's the best option there? Do I just buy downloadable or uh, renewable? I'm not quite sure if you can give me some advice on that. you You want Word, Excel, PowerPoint, those kind of things, yeah? It's, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yep. And they, it comes with Windows 11, so that's all fine. It was just yep. a Microsoft package. And so are they daily drivers for you? They're, they're a central part of your work? 
Uh, yeah, it will be. Um, I'm actually um, finishing up my job, so it'll be just a personal computer. Um, okay. So, but I still like those features, though, and I do use them. So, yeah, it's not for work. It'll be. It will be uh, for personal use once my job finishes. So, so look, I, yeah. I would I would say to you that um, it, it. I was what I was going to say was you don't need it because Google has free uh, documents, spreadsheets, and and slides it's like that's all i use these days mainly is just when i want to write a document ah. i just go docs.google.com um log wow. in, log in with okay. my google account spreadsheets same thing i haven't opened excel uh for years it's, all my yeah. all my spreadsheets okay. are in the cloud and it's so good because no matter what computer you're on you just go oh, sheets right. docs.google.com and all your documents are there now that's not for everyone oh, i get that okay. but it is mm. free as a part of your google account if you've got a gmail account it's free to use so okay. i would say okay. to you have a muck around with it because you might find mm. that and if someone emails you a word doc it'll probably open already mm. on your computer just with you oh, know, word right. viewer or something yeah. right yeah you don't need yeah. to, you don't need to own word to be able to see word documents so right. i just okay. say to you have a look at those and and, and check them out mm. first but in reality would not have thought that yeah the microsoft of, yeah. it's called of uh, 365 it's called microsoft 365 that's right the month it's an annual thing now it's like 109 dollars right. a okay. year um yeah i saw that yeah it's pretty yeah. good value for what it, it is i just yeah i, I mean yeah. if yeah. you're going to use it okay. it's pretty good oh. value um you might if oh, you've right. got time pop into harvey's or jb's and just triple check they don't have a sale on this week because yeah. it is yeah. Black Friday sales. You never know. They might have 20 bucks yeah. off or something, so worth checking. Yeah. But otherwise, All right. 109 bucks. just grab it online. But I do like that other option, and that's not something I would have even known about. So there you that's go. why I got in touch with you. And so. I, want, I just want you to give it a try. Just have a little try yeah. of it and see what happens. I will. I'll try it before I do anything else, and then I've got that option. Did, that, you, go from really the, did you go from the post office to a pet store? I d- no. <laughs> I know. Isn't he a pain? Oh, he's just out in the – I'm just at the Water Gardens shopping right. centre. That's and just a bird out a randomly. He's in a tree somewhere. I would have, wow. I would have been better off in the post office <laughs> if I stayed in the line. Anyway, maybe he's got a tech question. Just yeah, let him know to send me an email via EFGM.com. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much. Good on you, Sarah. Debbie. Great to talk to you. Anytime. Thank Good you. on you. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Bye-bye. No worries. Debbie was in the post office and the line went around the block apparently, so she brushed that and left. And then uh, we were joined by old mate the bird who just wanted to be part of the show, clearly. Good times. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. All right, I got a frog in the throat. I'm going to go and heat up some lunch and um, get home. My son wants to learn to fly a drone. He's 12 and he, uh, and he said they're going to f- learn at school and he wants to learn before then. I'm like, okay. So he told me to bring a drone home. So I'm going to bring a drone home and charge it up and we're going to teach him how to fly. Yes, I've got the smallest, cheapest one so that if it goes into a wall, life goes on. Um, but, yeah, he's 12 and he wants to fly. He wants to know how to fly a drone. I'm cool with that because it's a great thing to know. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Great to have your company back with Two Blokes Talking Tech on Thursday night and you can catch the YouTube version of that on uh, YouTube. Uh, just search Two Blokes Talking Tech. The EFTM channel hosts that and it's also on Facebook on both Stephen's page, my page and EFTM. So you can find it everywhere. And we'd love you to watch the video version because it's just a, it's a different experience, isn't it? But thanks for your company. If you've got a tech question, you know where to go. EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. <laughs>